The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Hello, guys. We are live on the break. I'm taking over once again with Derek Eagleton here, present to witness some greatness happening today. (laughs) Join, uh, have David Hellman, of course, one of the best. Nick Inman, he's all right. And Derek over there. Yes. We thought we were going to have a Saturday off from shows, but we are here. Yesterday was a very um, explosive. Explosive. That's a good word day we necessarily didn't necessarily focus on practice or what was going on out here in the field although the real practice starts today where they throw on the pads and we get to see some real football or close to as much as real is gonna get but Mr. Des Bryant just went off yesterday and I'm gonna kind of Tell the story. We're going to take it step by step and correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I was going to say, can you? Because, like, it's a little bit. It's a hell of a story to try to I mean, con- <laughs> concisely tell. I, I will say this. I thought Dave had the greatest tweet of camp so far. And it just kind of set the tone of exactly you know, what we were talking about earlier about the passion. Who's going to bring the passion? Yeah. Oh, it's dead. <laughs> still does. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. Dead. That was and, a good tweet. And Witten, really, if you earlier in the day. Yes. He well, kind of threw that out there early. The the, the irony. Right, go a lot go of right, like a lot we're, of irony. we're getting ahead of ourselves. Like just just keep it's rolling. Okay, recap we're gonna us. recap it a little bit, and we can comment on it as we go through it. And again, if I tell the story wrong, correct me. I don't want to do the same as <laughs> this radio station. So good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> so let me know. Let me know. Um, it all seemed from uh, Stephen Jones doing a quick interview on Sirius XM NFL radio. And he was asked about, you know, the the passing game and all that stuff. And Stephen Jones basically said, here, here's the quote. He's got to trust the system, speaking of Dak, which at times last year there was pressure with Des in his ears and to some degree Jason in his ear. Those great players want the ball. So basically, you know, you have great players putting pressure on a young quarterback, and it affects the game. Now, this radio station basically took that, and the way they tweeted it out was leaving Jason Witten's name out, pointing everything towards Des Bryant. And the part about great players, also leaving that part out. Just saying ellipse, 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 wanting the ball. Des Bryant wanting the ball. So now Des sees that, and we already know Des. They tagged him. (laughs) They made sure he saw that. The thirsty thirsty scoundrels. Man, Des is a vocal player, and he just kind of went off. It was that little thing that just needed to be left. And I think maybe everything started, obviously, from a misworded thing where Des saw it this way. But at the same time, then that helped open up some issues that maybe right. we thought about it, but never really heard it from anyone, any player actually coming out and speaking about it. We've heard Des talk about Garrett's guys, which could one of you please explain who those are and why that came about? The whole Garrett right. guys. Well, 
Well, it's a thing that stems back to April. Like, yeah. literally, what? Within two weeks of Dez being released, he did an interview. Uh, I believe it was with Jane Slater of NFL Network. Um, just where he basically intimated that the Garrett guys on the team uh, played a role in his ouster. I mean, you know, I think you can probably tie those together just thinking about it. But I he mean, mentioned that they had C's on their chest, so that yeah, was I one. Mean, exactly. Jason Witten, Sean yeah. Lee, uh, Travis Frederick was a former captain at one point. Uh, even Dak Prescott to a degree. I mean, you know, the guys that you probably think about when you think about Jason Garrett's oft-repeated right kind of guys mantra. Uh, Dez was a little bit more diplomatic about it in the spring, but yesterday he just <laughs> decided to put it all out there. He mentioned Travis and, and Sean by name. He actually called Sean Lee a snake, which, you know, I, I'm familiar Snakely? with that. If it's Taylor Swift we're talking about, but I didn't know that that applied to football players too. Um, I mean, it was like it was just scorched earth. And so uh, I, I was talking about this yesterday. Like this has been kind of a sniping campaign for a few months now. Like the Cowboys have intimated some things about Dez, not openly. And Dez has intimated some things about the Cowboys. And it just boiled over into outright hostility yesterday, starting with Dez for sure. But that's kind of what he was getting at is that. He is of the belief that players on the team contributed to him being released. And yeah. between, what were you gonna say? Uh, I mean, I was just gonna. I mean, the the tweet from Sirius Radio that that that's irrelevant to me at this point. I mean, they they did that. They sparked it. It doesn't matter. It's. I mean, it doesn't matter who threw the first punch or whatever. The fact of of what happened afterwards, and he he was saying, you know, all all of these things that that he believes to be true. I mean, that that's what the real issue is. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was unfortunate that it started that way and it wasn't, it shouldn't have probably even happened, but the real truth came out from, from his standpoint. And I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, you know, and it wasn't just, just Sean Lee. It was also the play calling. He talked about that, which mm-hmm. I thought is the most ironic part of it all, because from everything that I've ever heard since Des Bryant got here to the fact that it, his eight years is that he was hard to work with as a as a as a wide receiver because he couldn't always line up where they wanted him to be. So for him to say and know his role, yeah, yeah, and 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 they could and he was basically saying the offense was very vanilla. And from everything I've ever heard for eight years, it, it was that way, and he was one of the reasons why. So it was that was really ironic that he was calling out people for not you know being more imaginative and. He's kind of the reason why they're yeah. not. I, I will say this, though, Nick. I know you. I, I get your point when you say it's kind of irrelevant how they got there. I, the reason I think that still is somewhat relevant is because, to me, it still kind of illustrates um, some of the challenges that you run into when you have a guy like Dez. Yes, Dez got baited, and he got baited by bad information. Right. But the fact of the matter is that that's a part of his personality, too. He's not the kind of person that's going to be in a situation where something comes up and before, and he's going to take time to really digest what's happening before he responds. He's a volatile guy, and he's going to jump right on it, and, and that's what he did yesterday. He jumped right on He felt attacked, and he attacked back. And I, I get it. I understand because he's probably – this probably isn't the first time right. he's probably felt attacked by things that people in this organization have said since the, the time that he left. But the fact of the matter is it still does illustrate – character traits in him that could be problematic for a team that's thinking about bringing right. him in. Right. All I'm saying is is that, like, uh, it's the, the biggest thing was, was what he, I think what he said about Sean Lee, you know, and it just reminded me of like, when you're talking about the Auburn Hills 
malice at the palace. You know, like what what do you remember about that? Well, Ron Artest went into the stands and fought someone, but right. But something, 12 things happened beforehand that no one really talks about. At this point, that doesn't matter is what happened here. That's what that's what I'm I saying. You. You're, you're absolutely – I mean, and I, I agree with both of you. I get your point. I agree with Derek that me, selfishly, it's relevant because it makes our jobs harder. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like more fun. This I've, More fun, definitely. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. More I mean, fun. Yesterday was fun. Selfishly, I kind of live for days like yesterday. Yeah. But also, like, as a journalist, it's annoying that this is my personal opinion. I'll own it. You can't convince me that that was done on accident. Like, if you go – it's a deleted tweet. Shocker. If you go yeah. look at the original tweet and the full context that Amber gave us in the full quote – that you can't tell me that was an accident. The way they worded it, the fact that they t- tagged Des Bryant, they were looking for something to pick up traction. And it worked. They, they, doc- <laughs> yeah. they doctored the quote. Like, they doctored the quote. Yeah. I refuse to believe it was an accident based on looking at them side by side. Uh, so for me, people already hate me as it is. It's just one more reason for people to not want me around, not, you know, like, I've got my phone all the time. And that's that's how you wind up getting looked at as, like, the media, sensational yeah, media, by fans and by players. Uh, I hate that crap because I'm like, I'm out here trying to do my job the right way, uh, and other people's mess ups contribute to people not liking me. Which I mean, that goes with the territory. But uh, so, just unfortunate all the way around. Because I mean, if they'd done it the right way, I highly doubt Des would have ever said anything, right? And we wouldn't be having this conversation. But to Nick's point, the toothpaste is out of the tube at this point, yeah. and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Now, I will say this about what does it mean? What does it mean for, for here? Um, I actually, you know, now that I think about it, I think that some of the questions we, we were asking yesterday about the, the leadership and, and who's going to step up, now things are happening where, where you're starting to see it. You're starting to see some definition of that. I mean, it's we knew Sean Lee was going to be, be the leader you know, of, of, of this team. But but he he did it. He acted like it. He comes off the practice field yesterday. I have, a, I have Ken who's going to play the audio. He's going to play it perfectly. I, I was just saying, if there was any question about who's going to be our, our the leaders around here, Sean Lee took the ball and he ran with it. Hell yeah. Yeah, and Des did also call uh, Sean Lee a backstabber just because mm-hmm. of the fact that he sat right across from him and never actually said anything about you know any issues regarding to you know. Des having a problem, I don't know. But uh, Stephen Jones came out, and I think he spoke very well. He didn't say anything negative about Des and kind of uh, reiter- reiterated. Mm-hmm. How do you say it? Nice. Reiterated. <laughs> the fact that um, Des is a great player, and good players won the ball, basically. Nothing negative. Then Travis Frederick responded back to that, saying – he considers him a friend, and it's sad that well, when you see players or teammates turn on each other and all that. Then Sean Lee came back with a <laughs> very intense quote and statement, who I thought was very um, impressive and unexpected. I didn't expect him to say it that way, but he looked right into the camera and said the following. You know, first thing to say that I. I can get anybody off the team and uh, have any input on the roster is absurd. Um, second thing, I love Dez and I, and I want the best for him. Um, you know, to be honest, we, we did butt heads because I wanted Dez to be more accountable to this team and his teammates. Um, and to be honest with you, a lot of the team felt that way. Um, I think he needs to look at himself and hold himself accountable. Thank you. Thank you. There you have it. And it's funny how the words 
thank you can sound like <laughs> I not mean, thank you. It's, it, but it's just like what Dax said about, you know, he we talked about the anthem stuff and he said, you know, and I I believe what I believe and and, and that's, you know, and that's that. You know, just just those, that little way to end it is kind of like it's just a little bit more emphatic. Thank you. Yeah. Reminds thank me of Les Miles saying, "Have a great day." Way back in the day. <laughs> he didn't really mean have a great day. Anyway, um, I think anybody listening to this show probably follows the Cowboys closely enough that they can put this together, but I can't say enough about what it means that Sean Lee said something right. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling y'all just before we went on the air, like he st- I didn't think he was going to talk first of all because he's a he's a he's a he's like Des. He's a passionate guy. I figured he would be so hot he would just be like, get get the cameras out of my face. I'm not talking right now. But he came right up, was like, this is what I got to say. So I run over there and I put my recorder in the crowd and like in the back of my mind I'm like. Okay, here comes a bland statement from Sean Lee because Sean Lee is smart enough to be deliberately bland, mm-hmm. uh, and that was not what we got at all. <laughs> I mean, he he short-circuited my brain because – and I don't mean this as any dis- disrespect to Sean Lee. I think the world of him, but he talks on Friday during the regular season. He's he's the go-to Friday player, and 50% of the time I skip his press sessions because I just know no good quotes are going to come out of it. I'm just like – Sean is too smart and too deliberate to give me something that I need, so I'm just going to go somewhere else. Uh, and that was the opposite. And I, like I said, I can't say enough about what that means coming from him. Like, Des Bryant's the type of guy who says something like that. And but see, that's Sean Lee. And, and, but it was, it was so cool because it needed to be said. And like you said, I mean, if there's any doubt about who's the right. leader on this team. Because, because now, I mean, and, and, and Derek, I'm sure, can attest to this when – when you're the boss of a group and you kind of get attacked and all your people are kind of looking at you a little bit, like how's he going to react? you you got one way to, to handle <laughs> this or another. And before, Jason Witten could have handled it a certain way or mm-hmm. you know maybe it's somebody else. But now it's Sean Lee. And so Sean's got to set the tone to all these other 89 players behind exactly him right. and says, you know what? I'm not, this this not going to happen. You're not going to be able to allow to say that, you know. Yeah. And he said it in a great way. Hey, I love Des, and 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 it'll when it blows over, then everybody will still be cool about it. But but as for right now, yeah, we had problems. I thought it was great. I thought it was Which, it was great. Set the tone too. For me, again, you know, I think if you listen to this show regularly and if you follow the Cowboys really closely, the way that I think most of our listeners do, I feel like this was kind of there for you to pick up on. You know, like if you really just between that, like I said. This isn't the first time this has been addressed. It's been addressed a lot more vaguely, but the clues are kind of there. I mean, like you know, like I've said, you know, people have hinted at like, well, maybe it'll be better without voices in Dak's ear, and and Dez has made his comments about Garrett guys, and so it was there to pick up on, and so now I think it just kind of spells it out a little bit more clearly that this was clearly a thing, and yeah, I I agree with Sean Lee that. No, no players got the got the power to make personnel moves. I loved Travis. What did Travis say? He's like, you know, You'll you're going to hard pressed. To you're going to have to search long and hard to find a fifth year player who's in charge of personnel decisions. Uh-huh. But at the same time, these are weighty voices in the Cowboys organization, and and they again, like, no, did they make that call? No, but there was certainly input. You're crazy if you don't think that there's input coming from your veteran players. You're crazy if you don't think that there's input coming from your starting quarterback about making a decision like that. And that's not to say, you know, there was like this conspiracy to kick Dez off the team. But, you know, I brought this up yesterday talking with Rob Phillips, you know, um, at dinner. We're talking about a guy who like in his eighth year missed an MRI because he was worried about, like, what the – like, he literally disappeared from the facility for two days. 
because he was worried about what his MRI might say. Like, it's just, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is it's charming and Dez being Dez when you're catching 16 touchdowns and winning 13 games. It's a lot more of a pain to deal with in the vigors and the ups and downs of Mm -hmm. a mediocre season. And I think, you know, I think it probably wore thin across the organization with a lot of people. Because you have a wide receiver position that, that was, in my opinion, out of control. I mean, when when Dez is the leader, and he's the leader because he was the best player in that group for so many years. But when the leader's doing certain things, how, I mean, why would Terrence Williams do anything other than what he's seeing right here? You know, I'm not going to call Dez T.O., but but we've said it before. When 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 the greatest, you know, player in a certain position is 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 maybe undermining the overall message of of what the team is then it's hard for these what happens to Cole Beasley what happens to Terrence Williams we're in the you know position groups here do I follow here or do I follow over here and it it's it like we've always said it halts leadership a little bit well, when right and like with Sean Lee I mean I think I know his character he we all know how responsible he is how dedicated to the game he is how uh, passionate and just so into the game. Like, I seriously could not see Sean Lee doing anything else but football. He's so mm. concentrated about it and, and disciplined. Now you get a guy like Des, who obviously passionate about it as well, but not necessarily caring as much as far as the responsibility of, like, showing on time, you know, being there at certain times and doing certain things. And when you get two people like that, at the same time, obviously, you're going to have a problem, and it's not going to work out as far as leadership. And we know Witten, how he was as well, just kind of staying out of trouble and all that. So the my point is, hearing Sean Lee answer was just so transparent and true to his character, and it just gives you a real perspective of how it was backstage of the things we we're imagining. But the one thing I think you have to note about that is there still is some inaccuracy here on what really happened from that standpoint because Des basically made it appear as though, hey, if he had a problem with me, he never came to me to talk to me yeah. about it. But at the same time, Sean says, yeah, we butted heads a lot because I wanted more of Des. I wanted him to be more accountable to his teammates, and he wasn't. So there's obviously they don't even see the same. They don't see their relationship and what happened, I guess, over the years the same what happened last year as the same because one thinks that they didn't have a lot of conversations the other one feels like they had a lot of conversations and butted heads quite a bit because they weren't seeing things eye to eye which i can totally i can just see that disconnect clearly in my brain of like you know yeah i have a hard time believing sean lee was afraid to tell anybody exactly how he felt you know what i mean but with des maybe Butting heads for five minutes doesn't register as like you know what I mean. Like to him, it's just kind of like oh yeah, I saw did I saw Sean. I, yeah, we had yeah, a little conversation. I, like yeah, I, yeah, I, I was late. Been, okay, cool. We talked about it, whatever. Yeah, I I just I I don't know. I can see that clearly in my head. And just like I said, personalities. I think it would be a mistake to think of like this. You know, the the captains of the Dallas Cowboys did not walk into Jerry and Steven's office and say we got to get rid of Dez. Uh, I don't buy that. I think it's, I mean, it's it's collective conversations over the course of years, over the course of months of like, you know, taught, you know, like, well, what do you guys think? Like, what, how does this affect the locker room dynamic? Like that, and, and you give your honest feedback and you make your decision from there. I 100% don't think that the decision makers of the organization decided to cut Dez strictly based on what their players told them. That would be a terrible way to run a team. Uh, but it's, you know, to quote, 
Jerry and Garrett, actually, is uh, it's all part of a puzzle. You know, player input goes into the salary cap. It goes into declining production, all that type of stuff. And you make your best decision from there. They parted ways with him, and, and that's pretty much where we stand now. And now, you know, you have to d make the – determination does he really want to play football i mean does i mean he's you can say that you do but but you know you you're on the radar for for another job they're they're trying to, to figure out if they want you know cleveland wants to figure out if they want to bring him in or not and you go and do all that i yeah i'll stop you there let's take a quick break and yeah. when we come back we're gonna get into what happens now to Des and maybe getting to the whole play calling on this offense and what it was last year and what could it be this year. Okay. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. We are back on the break. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep talking about Des Bryant, what this means for the future. Uh, if you want to call us, you can call us at 972-497-4400. 972-497-4400. Let me throw in something real quick for you guys out there that want to interact with the show live. We actually have it on our app now. If you go in there and you check out Cowboys Break, uh, you'll see we have our fan pulse up. The question we have up is, do you believe more Sean Lee or Des Ooh. Bryant? I want to see. I'm actually interested to see how fans are falling on this because I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter yesterday. Some people were really hard, like, hey, this is Des is right. Like, what he's saying is accurate. Other people were like, I kind of think Sean's more accurate on this thing. So I want to hear kind of what fans think about this. I said this last night, and I, I mean – I believe it. Like the truth is in the middle. Like both yeah. people, Probably. both people yeah. can yeah. be a little bit right. Yeah, Des can be right to be a little bit miffed if his teammates were talking behind his back, 
and Sean is 100% right to truthfully say that Dez is not the most accountable guy in the world. Ever. Right. We've known that for forever. Yeah. So There was uh, nothing you know, groundbreaking no. outside of what he said about the offense. So are we going to be able to know who won, who has the most Yes, right now Sean Lee's up. But uh, but yeah, we'll, okay. we'll, by the end of the show, by the we'll, end know of the show we'll do it. Yes. Uh, for now, we have Mike from Arizona on the phone. Hey, how you guys doing? What's Hi. up, man? What's up? Hey, hi. Hey, man, thanks for working on a Saturday. I'm hoping it right now in this heat, and I'm having you guys in my earbuds at least gets an hour off of that, man. So I appreciate you guys working on a Saturday. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So. Um, so I guess the problem of the Earl Thomas situation is we're going to the wrong people. We should go for Sean Lee. Talk to Sean Lee to pick up Earl, um, Earl Thomas because he's the one making all the personnel moves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's it sucks. It sucks for for Dez and where he's at. You know, as fans. You know, to to see that uh, and then the inner workings. We we want to see stuff stay in house, but. Somebody like Dez that's just passionate is going to let that out. It's just it's just sad, the perception of him. And, hey, I love him still, but it sucks. So go Cowboys. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank thanks you for the call. Put Sean Lee in a room with John Schneider, and we'll get Earl Thomas for a sixth-round pick. <laughs> Piece of cake. <laughs> oh, actually, that's and, but, but then, you know, we laugh about that, but, you know, people, they say that. But it's really hard for anybody to kind of – say we need this or we need that because when it doesn't work out then you're like what's yeah. up Xavier how, how you doing man <laughs> good luck all right you know you, right. it's hard for and I'm not saying that Sean does that but it's hard for even Steven to go and, and say yeah we're interested in any of that or, right. or really throw it out there because when it doesn't go down it's like when someone tries to interview for another job and they don't get it and then they come back and I'm happy to be here you know <laughs> like really <laughs> which got LinkedIn I <laughs> I I wasn't sure when I wanted to say this but it's a perfect segue with what Mike said I want to be careful certainly you can be critical of him. I don't want to do the easy thing that it's easy to do when a player leaves and just demonize Dez. Yeah. I I don't feel that way. Like, my opinion of Dez Bryant is the same today as it always was. Like, that, I mean, that's Dez. That's the whole package of Dez. That's what he's always been. It's awesome when he's catching 16 touchdowns and the Cowboys are winning the division. And, mm-hmm. on, and I completely, to my soul, believe Sean Lee and Travis Frederick when they say – He's one of the best teammates I've ever had. Uh, he can be. Like, he's he's such a supportive guy. Like, he loves mm-hmm. those guys. Like there's And no a giving guy. And, a, and Absolutely. Yeah. Like, loyal. I see him very he, loyal. He is too. not a bad person. Right. He is an extremely flawed person. Um, and, again, we – Explain that for me. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting statement, but I want you to explain it. He's his own worst enemy. He always has been. Uh, I mean, go, you know – he he didn't play his final season of college football because of mistakes that he made. He fell in the draft partially probably because of this. He's never been able to get out of his own way. His <laughs> his passion, his intensity takes over logic and common sense. A lot of times we've seen it. We saw it happen in Detroit in 2013. We saw it happen with the missed MRI. Like there's six dozen other instances that I can't remember right now off the top of my head. Um, it's just who he is and – yeah, it can be a distraction. It can be um, – It can. I'm sure it can take a toll on people in the locker room just constantly having that around. Clearly it did, or else he'd still be here, I think. Um, but he's also the guy that went to Walmart and bought PlayStations for people at midnight. Uh, he's also the guy – like I said, like he's extremely loyal. He's extremely uh, loving and all that – like 
what it's never black and white. That's what I always try to say. He's he's the same guy that he was. He j- he reached a breaking point with a situation that clearly upset him, and it doesn't take a degree in rocket science to know that it probably did. Um, and so it's unfortunate, but I think it would be lazy and easy just to say like, oh. He's the worst when I, I just don't think that's the case. Let's take another call. Danny in Hawaii. Aloha. How you guys doing? Hey, what's up, hey. man? How you doing? Good. Um, yeah, this little comment on the Dez thing. Um, you know, like how David Hellman said, was saying, you know, like, it's, you know, you got to love Dez's passion all the time, you know, how, how much he loves the game and stuff like that. But at the same time, too, is like, you know, missing meetings, being late for meetings. You know, that's what Sean Lee is talking about, being more accountable. You know, I did agree that it was frustrating sometimes the play calling. But that's the thing. If, you, if you're if in the meetings, you can voice your opinion, you know, get the play call, you know, like voice your frustrations that way and, and stuff like that. And uh, real, real quick, um, I hope I want to see Lyle Collins more and more because if, if he's, you know, he faced some big time pass rushes last year. And first time out there, and you know I want to see how much more better he gets with a full off season, another full off season at right tackle. Thank you so much, Allah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Aloha. you, um, Nick. I'm gonna ask you a question, and you know, speaking, we keep talking about Des Bryant and the way he was during the season and in the locker room and all that. Now, when you get attacked on social media and someone with the popularity that he has and you get all those tweets attacking you it it affects you whether you want it or not it does affect you and it doesn't matter who you are it will affect you right and sorry no jason witten ironically wrote out a column yesterday and talked about how social media affects this whole dynamic can you expand on that i i mean no I'm not gonna expand on that. I don't really like the column. I don't think it was it was a good column. Um, so I, why? I, because it's 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 not saying anything. It's not. I mean, I mean, I understand he's throwing certain guys out there, but you're not really saying anything. So you're like, you know, we I get accused all the time of like kind of beating around the bush. And let me say it. If you're gonna say it, say it. And so I I don't. I mean, I think I think ESPN wanted him to write a column and he kind of did and he danced around stuff and you can kind of say well, maybe he's talking about this guy or this guy but but not really. I mean it was ironic that it all happened on kind of mm-hmm. one day <laughs> like that about basically saying, "Hey, this guy, you know, you need to stay off Twitter and then the guy can't can't, can't stay off Twitter." So, um you know, Des could never be a defensive end because he would jump off sides all the time. I mean, he you can just you can just bait him and then he jumps off sides. And that's what he did yesterday and he kind of took it to another level. Okay. But but he's everything. I was going to say this earlier. He is absolutely everything that the scouting report in 2010 said that he would be. He's everything. Yep. He, he's. I mean, he was gonna. He's gonna be late for meetings. He's gonna be the most passionate player. He's gonna be the most talented player. He's gonna. He's gonna catch all these touchdowns. He's gonna have some off the field issues. He, he's gonna be loyal. All of these things. And the thing is, is that you put up with all of it when he's doing all these things. But when his skills start to diminish a little bit and all of those things still happen and then he's frustrated too because he's not the same guy that he was and he knows that and now he's getting called out by josh norman because these guys are like oh i got big bad des i'm like he ain't that good not anymore he's not like he was and then i think then it's then you got a real problem because 
now do you still put up with it? Because it's not necessarily the same. So I agree with everything that you said, uh, Dave. It's just that it just gets to a point where it's like now, you know, now you're dealing with this and the production's not really matching it. You'll put Which, up with it if you're getting 16 touchdowns. Fittingly, this goes back to the conversations we had right here on these tennis courts last summer with Zeke, which is the off-beaten-into-the-ground phrase, right kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. What is right kind of guy, line one? Good football player. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're yeah. a great football player, you're the right kind of guy. Right. And if you're not a great football player, then you need to be accountable and go to meetings <laughs> right. and be in a weight room there and don't go. get in trouble. <laughs> If you're catching, again, for the third time on the show, if you're catching 16 touchdowns, you can miss meetings and do all that type of stuff. It's when you're not doing that anymore that the rest of that comes into play. Michael Irvin. If you're not great and you're not accountable and you're not all that stuff, it wears thin out there. And that's, I mean, you saw it happen. Yep. And we spend the whole, well, <laughs> part of the offseason speaking about, you know, oh, where is this gun? Uh, does Brian going to end up? What, the, you know, what team is he going to go to? And we've heard reports about the Browns trying to acquire him. <laughs> I, I don't know how much. I will be I've interested to see where it goes from here with him. I mean, man. I'm not going to rule out that he could still get signed after all of this, but he based, I mean, in case anyone forgot, he gave the whole league a crash course in what he brings to the table, like the whole thing, you yeah. know? Because so. here's, here's the thing I think that, that can scare teams at this point is every team, I don't care who they are, every single team throughout the course of a training camp and a regular season and postseason, if you're there, is going to have moments in that season, in that year, when things will happen in the locker room that don't necessarily get reported, that aren't good for team chemistry if they get reported, right? Yep. They need to be able to, and I'm talking about the executives of an organization, they need to be able to trust that all the people who have access to that locker room are at least smart enough and uh, have enough discretion to know not to say those things in public. What Des showed the league yesterday is, hey, if things are going good, I'll keep the secrets. If they're not, and if I feel scorned, then maybe I won't. And maybe the things that we kind of talked about in our locker room or that players talked about amongst themselves now will become public because I will make them public. That's where I think it, this whole thing can become a problem for Dez. Uh, you've got the Browns talking about their sniffing around. I wonder if now that makes them, that gives them pause. You certainly think about teams that he's mentioned that he wants to go to, like let's say the Giants. I'm sure they're looking at like if they were even contemplating the possibility I'm sure they look at it like, we got enough of those kind of mm -hmm. players on our team. Do we want another one that could possibly add even more drama to the mix? I just think all in all, Des yeah. didn't do himself any favors. No. And that's yeah. just the nature of people. Like, whenever we as people uh, take those opportunities to go off, as people say, it's never going to come back yep. good to you. It makes you feel good in the moment, but it's never going to come but, back good. But I think what, what's <coughs> being lost here is, is – we're talking about all the off the field stuff like that, but for Des Bryant to be, I mean, to be good, he needs to be paired up with the right people, the right quarterback, the right system. I think he was crazy for not taking any kind of deal to go to Baltimore. I thought that was a perfect setup for him because the, he could still be one of the top receivers, if not the number one. You're dealing with a quarterback. You can say what you want about Joe Flacco, but he's been around the league. He's won a Super Bowl. And what does he do best? Yeah. He throws it deep. That deep ball. Like, that's what playoffs. he does best. I mean, you know, no, he's not the best in the league, but he's certainly not the worst, and he knows the system, and he could be in there for long. Now you're going to go to Cleveland when they've got a quarterback now that they really want to replace, and they're going to wait for Baker to replace them, and who knows when that will be, first game, second game, mid, whatever. 
you know, the first sign of trouble, they're going to be like, Baker, you know, which is why they drafted him. And so why go into a system where now you got to learn it on the run like that and you're dealing with a group with those those wide receivers, you know, that they, they've kind of been in the headlines for other reasons as well. So I'm going to say they got, I mean, they got enough to worry about with their receivers. And you know who wants it. You know who you know who wants it more than anybody? Uh, HBO. Oh yeah, <laughs> hard knocks. <Absolutely>. There's no <laughs> doubt about Please that. Like that. <laughs> There's no doubt about now, that. Now at the end of the day, if a team loses a, their wide receiver during let's say whatever week three, who's gonna get a call? Des Bryant. Oh, absolutely. He? He's if gonna he's still all, out there, all bets yeah. are off once tendons start getting torn. Yeah, which yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. But that's also, uh, to me, that's also the problem for Dez is you just finished talking about at the beginning of the show that Dez in his career here has not been the most uh, reliable when it comes to really being able to grasp and understand his his role on every single play and being able to move him around as a result of that, right? Mm -hmm. So you now take him into a team where he's got a brand new system to learn. He hasn't been there during during off-season training. He hasn't been there during training camp. And now he's expected to pick up an offense and be able to function in it in mm -hmm. a short period of time. I think that's not doing Dez. Again, that's not doing Dez right. any favors no. with him being successful, for again, for a one-year deal, which is what he's pushing for, to then be able to hopefully get him a better deal next right. year. Right. Let's take our final call, Joseph from California. Hello? Hey, what's hey. up, man? How are you guys doing? Great. First off, I've been a huge Dez Bryant fan. I followed him since his career in Oklahoma State in 2007-2009. And just out of college, he was a beast. He never worked on his route running, and that was clear as day a few years back when Genoa's Jenkins was shutting him down when they played against uh, the Rams. And then his body started breaking down, but he just always wanted to rely on his physical attributes instead of taking the time in the offseason. Even with Romo, if the ball wasn't a, perfectly, like a perfect route, he was always off. Like, he dropped the ball... He's the guy that, that has to go get the ball instead of the ball being placed perfectly to him. And I think that's what messed him. I've seen the series all or nothing three or four times. And the one thing that stands out is when they're in the wide receiver meeting and they're talking about the Denver game. And the entire time he blows up on the wide receiver coach when they're talking about the best DBs, but he's saying he can take out Talib and take out the other dude, uh, Brandon Rogue, I think he was. And he just completely gets shut down. He's all talk now. And it hurts to see such a great guy go down like that. But he needs to work on his attributes as well as his route running. All right, thanks for the call. That's, and that's the thing. I mean, he was, and I and I tweeted this several times during games, and it would be every time I Des would do it. And you know, you had a phrase for it when he would make this some unbelievable play. You basically said Des being Des De or doing Des things. Des yeah. doing Des and things. And I and I would always say I'm just better than you. Like, yeah. I'm just better. Like in that Saints game a few years ago when he just kept catching these long touchdowns, he's like, I'm just better than you. He really, I didn't, I haven't tweeted that in a while, you know, yeah. just because those skills. I mean, he just doesn't have it anymore. He didn't have to do the great crisp route running because he can just out athlete somebody else. But he wasn't better than Akeem Talib and Chris Harris on the other side. Those guys were better. There's a lot of corners now that are better. But here's the interesting part: he still thinks that, and that's the problem. And that that's was what worst. I, when I first saw that that whole segment on All or Nothing, I was like, to me, that's the microcosm of why he's no longer with the Cowboys. Uh, because in that room when the coach is trying to say, hey, receiver group, these guys are really, really good, and they can embarrass you if you don't play your best game. What he did was basically short-circuit that whole thing and say, huh, we're, yeah. we're good too. And what happened that week? They got embarrassed. No, like I, We have not seen this team get embarrassed like that 
in the Jason Garrett era, it, Jason Garrett era, in my opinion. Like mm. they just got completely destroyed, and there was no competition. Like from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, they just weren't competitive. Altitude. And, and so all that being <laughs> altitude. <laughs> and so with all that being said, like, I, I think that is kind of the. That to me just kind of sums up why Dez's stay here was just it, it just couldn't yeah. continue because he's now affecting everybody else in that room with his bravado that he just can't I don't think he could back it up the same way he once could. I got a pretty big kick out of Derek Dooley. He's like, What do you want what would you like me to say, Dez? How would you like me to present this information? <laughs> he's to trying you? very hard to find a way oh, man. to bridge but the gap. I, there. I think that also has to do with it with the whole coaching part of it as well, because if you don't have a teacher, let's say, coach, that you respect to a level or if you as a coach allowed certain things to happen then that player is going to end up moving you around doing with you whatever you want and you're gonna you're just not gonna do what they say i used to have a <laughs> this has nothing to do but to apply to this yeah. i had a personal trainer and the guy was massive and all that but then he became a talker and then i'm like okay i stopped listening to him like you know like i just did whatever i wanted and it wasn't effective anymore so you need someone that can Put you down and make you do what you need to do, and someone who you respect as well. Yeah. So, do you, are you saying that you don't think? And this is a question for all you guys. Do you think that by the end of last year, Derek Dooley no longer controlled that room from the standpoint that he what he said, what he said, had more weight than what Des said in that room? I don't think of it as like well, I mean, like Des leading some kind of mutiny in the receiver room. No, I'm not saying that either. But I, I mean, it's pretty just from watching that stuff. It's pretty obvious that at the, it sounded like white noise. You know, it's just it's not getting through. Like not that they're just like man, screw Dooley. Like not like that, but just kind of like yeah, okay, we got this meeting. Cool, you're talking. Cool, there's some tape. All right, we done. Like that type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it affects the other guys in the room trying to listen to what Dooley's saying. So it, it just it's very distracting fr well, yeah. from what we saw I mean, in there. Do you and think do you think that Des and uh, Dooley ever hung out after work? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't speak to that. I the asked the question. Do you think that they did? <laughs> I don't know. I can't Negatory. Speak. Maybe they were at the club. I don't know. Okay. Making it rain. Do you think that Beasley and Terrence and Des all? Yes, they all hung out. I, we know that. Okay. We got <laughs> we got to see we got to see some pretty cool <laughs> stuff on that show. But I have. Reliable information from people out like we we didn't see the half of it. You know? Oh no, no, yeah. Like there's way more there's that more. didn't make it into the show right. that would have been fun to watch. Man. Right, that and stuff awesome. that's way that's very telling. Yeah. again, th of the reason why Des isn't here. Right? I'm glad that this happened yesterday when there really hasn't been any practices or anything going on. Because if it would have happened like following a day where there's a lot stuff, a lot of stuff going on, I've kind of feel bad about doing this show when we're yeah. not really talking about yeah. what's going on here, but there really isn't. Now, today... It's about to crank up. Yes. perfectly timed. Yeah, because perfect. we got Thank this you guys. show. Thanks, Jason. It is the Lucky yeah. Whitehead thing from last year, right? It's right before you get going, I, hey. it's, it's kind of let the hat, the news that's off the field kind of happen, and you deal with that, and then let's get to the real let's football. Let's get to the real. So yeah. let's take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some football and just kind of review what we're going to watch today and some of the things that have stood out in the past two days. Awesome.
Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. The dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Back to the break. We are back. Back. Derek, how about you tell me about some good underwear? Oh, wow. What? <laughs> what you say? Tell me about good underwear. Oh, Tommy John? I'll tell you about Tommy John. Tommy John is awesome. I actually, well, yeah, I'm wearing Tommy John today. I'll be wearing Tommy John throughout training camp, mm-hmm. throughout my life. Like you, I would too. It is, uh, it is the greatest feeling in the world, and uh, you just put them on in the morning. Don't you feel like you have anything on. You wore them on. during your run today? No, I don't wear them during a run because that's just I don't like to mess up my good underwear while I'm running. <laughs> no, but so. see, you gotta go get the running underwear from Tommy John. It's they got running underwear? I got a pair. It's got a, it's got a pouch for your key. You know, oh, I like thought you were gonna say a pouch or something else. But no, come okay. on. Like if you like, can you, like you le- like you need your hotel key to get back to your room. Yeah. Like you just put it. It's in the, in the underwear. P- yeah, it's great. You're kidding. That's awesome. Why haven't you told me about this? I'm pretty sure I have, but you have a bad memory. Yeah, that's true. That's so very where true. can people get it? So you can get it at Dallas. Oh, I'm sorry, you can get it at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Right. Twenty percent off. Twenty percent off your, your first order. So. Yeah. So go get it. Go get it. It's worth it. It really is worth it. Okay, so today is going to get very exciting. Like we said, the boys are throwing on the pads, and we're going to get to see football. So before we get started, based on the two days that we got to watch um, practice and all that, what were some of the things that stood out to you? One of them I wanted to touch actually on Byron Jones, and we talked about during the whole offseason how him moving to corner and that whole switch – how that was going to translate onto the field. So far, what you've seen at this point, have you liked the position move? No? I, I, I haven't seen anything, honestly. I, I'm, I have not seen him do really anything that, that makes me th- one way or another. I think yeah. we'll find out stuff today. Yeah. It's going to be kind of 
tricky with him and, and the cornerbacks because the wide receiver position is one that's got so many question marks as well. So you're going to have to see in preseason games because if these guys just dominate, those three corners just dominate, then everyone's going to say receivers suck, you know. And if the receivers, if these receivers go out and do well, then it's like, man, the corners. Suck. So that's kind of the nature of practice. And these two positions with so many question marks going against each other, it's going to be kind of weird to see how it kind of shakes out. Yeah, don't want to overreact either way. But, I mean, you know, I, we're in the business of entertainment. You want to entertain the listeners. But, like, these two unpadded practices were boring <laughs> AF. Like, oh. they just were. And yeah. Honestly, even, uh, you know, our new our I always new liked the Falcons. I really did. I don't think <laughs> they're that Falcons. boring. They made it to the playoffs. I mean, like, uh, actually, whatever. If I had to pick the Super Bowl champion right now, I'd probably pick the Falcons. I, I yeah, I was looking at their roster. Just, I was like, um, they get that loaded. Five and nine. You might be right. I don't know. They look good. They look uh, really good. Yeah, they do. They got but two running backs, four receivers, and a quarterback. <laughs> we made a we made a new hire. <laughs> Claiborne. God, they got Claiborne. No, they Claiborne's not Claiborne. there anymore. Where, they let him go. I don't know where after they, they let six, him go after a six sack game. Or did they let he just, him go. Where, where is he? I don't remember. Is he on the schedule? Number one. Is he? <laughs> Adrian. Please. Where's Adrian Claiborne? I don't remember. Maybe Kansas City. I don't remember. I'll tell you what. I'll take my chances if he's on the schedule. I don't care if he's on the schedule i just hope he's not on the preseason schedule <laughs> yeah seriously yes, right. yeah as long as he's not having to face chaz i feel pretty good about that we made a new uh, we made a new hire back in the spring our new social media dana. coordinator dana burns the beast uh, is what i'm going to start making calling a lot of great content burns y'all are following the social channels but so she's over with me on the sideline yesterday during practice kind of she's like so is this what it's always like like this, is this practice? Like, and like basically, I mean, she was trying to be nice and diplomatic, and I was like, "Ew, Dana, no! Like, this is a walkthrough. Like, even even the stuff that was full team, like it's jog pace, yeah, no coverage, no hitting. Obvious. I was just like, this is crap. Like, this is very boring. And real practices are about to start, and it's gonna get way better. And she basically was like. Oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> she was like, I thought we were going to be watching this for the next month. And I was like, no, 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 well, no. Well, no. what you have to throw out is that she comes from college. Like, she right. was covering New right. North Carolina. Yeah. And in college, college practices are, like, they're they're hitting. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. going at it. It's yeah. a lot different than the NFL. But, but yeah, it's going to be a lot better today. No, well, we're going to have the one-on-ones. Yeah, we're going to have the full team. Yeah. drills. One of the things we can talk about a little bit is where certain guys lined up. And one of the combinations I noticed was uh, Cole Beasley and Taylor mm-hmm. Austin both lined up down the field and yep. not in the slot. And Taylor Austin, I mean, he's freaking fast. And his <laughs> size – I mean, at times he would get lost. I'm like, where is he? Oh, there he is. Touchdown. That's so exactly <laughs> what he – that's what the defense is – that's what they want. You yeah. know, there's two little guys running around. And, and, and thankfully, he looks like a wide receiver. There's no question of where he is and yeah. what he's going to yeah. do. He, He's not going to be running the ball. So we ne- could now define him as a wide I think receiver. He's a wide, he's receiver a wide receiver who is going to get touches behind the line of right. scrimmage. Which I don't is know. Fine. If, that, yeah. that works. Yes. Right? I'm that sure works. the NFL probably weighed in on this and said, "All right, is he, you're listing him as a wide receiver. What number is he moving to? 34, 37? What number? No, he's staying at 10. Well, then he's a receiver. Right. Okay, sorry. Thank you. I will <laughs> say though, and you're absolutely right. He's been going down the field a lot more than I would have thought. He's also, I mean, they've been giving him reverses and jet sweeps. Yeah. And Scott Linehan's already taught. Like, I'm so torn because I know what Tavon Austin's career has been like to this point. I know. I mean, Sean McVay is a hell of an offensive coach. It looks like, and he couldn't really find. But ways he was to hurt my, last year. Let's be honest about that. Yeah. My point being, yeah. it is fair to say 
he has not been this dynamic, yeah. all-inclusive back to this point in his career. Yeah. It's also fair to say I'm pretty excited about what this could all mean for him if he stays healthy and he gets the touches that it looks like they're trying to give him. I really, between returner, you know, reverses and, and jet sweeps and things like that, and then touches in the passing game, like mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like a stretch for me to think that he could get 10 to 15 touches per game and really make a difference. No, I don't think he's going to be a pro bowler, but you add up all the yards that come with those types of touches, I'm excited. And I, you know, famous last words, we'll see what it looks like. Maybe I'll feel stupid in December, but I'm excited about what he might be able to do. He can make such an impact, and, and Deontay Thompson can be the same way, uh, he can make such an impact without even touching the ball, without even really the ball getting thrown to him. Because I, I promise you, if if you line him up and he just runs right past the corner and right past the safety, and they're like, "Whoa, what, what was that?" Like, okay, <laughs> and then and it was just a four-yard run to, to to Zeke. But the next time that he lines up there, you're well, starting to think about it a little bit, and you can have an impact without even you know just, not just only feeling that, your presence. If he lines up in the uh, slot and sprints across the formation right before the snap, if there's nine guys in right. the box, maybe it's still going to Zeke, but somebody's going to have to yeah. second guess what's right. going on. Exactly. And the fake we, reverse. Yeah. We, we made fun of the lucky whitehead jet sweep. Like it was a joke, but it worked. Like he it averaged did. nine yards yeah. per carry on those it runs. It did work. And, and just think, but lucky never, except for one play against Green he Bay, never, went, never went vertical. If you got to show that threat, you can go. And that was really a trick play because he lined up in the right. backfield. But I just, call him the dancer. He would always dance around and yes, not really go anywhere. Yeah, I Hopefully mean, he Pavon was just an east-west guy all the time. <laughs> if you could mix in some north-south, I mean, now you're all over the place. I, I think, I mean. Only time is only time will tell if it's going to work, but yeah. it has the potential to be really nice. Yeah. I mean, and again, we're not, not talking Pro Bowl numbers, but like 300 rushing yards, three to mm -hmm. 500 receiving yards. I mean, when you, when you consider that he's probably your fourth option or whatever, I mean, that's big. That could be really big. Yeah, yeah and I also like it down in the red zone. I think – the way this team is built, if you've got Zeke that you you can pound, right. having him coming around and, and teams just having to respect the fact that if he lines up, let's say he just lines up in the slot and he just comes around in the red zone, now you have to – that linebacker has to at least give credence to the fact that he could get the ball and he could be sprinting around the outside. You that know, opens up some other opportunities up the middle. So I just think all those – and then you got Dak, Dak, obviously, that can run as well. That, so that's gonna be between those three – and Running the ball in the red zone now creates this whole different set of, of parameters. Four. You talking about Rico? Rico. Rico. <laughs> Throw it up to Rico, baby. Go get it, big fella. Jeez, Derek. <laughs> Go get it, big fella. I think Rico heard me that time. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Uh, another thing I noticed real quick, you know how we, we heard and saw Dak during the offseason practicing with some of the wide receivers throwing the ball. I think that really – has been uh, it was worth it it's been noticeable as far as the, the things i've been watching compared to the other years we see that not being a great passer during practice and now and correct me if i'm wrong i mean his passes look pretty good and he's throwing it where he needs to go and we see some of those uh down the field passes very well so people asking Dak's improvement I think we'll find out. Arm. We'll find out a lot today yeah. and in the next couple uh, next not, couple days. I'm we'll, not we'll ready see. to speak definitively on that because I am. Routes As on of it. right now, I am. I have no doubt. If I, if I okay. had to right now pick a player and not a player that's already been great, like Tyron, obviously, if I had to pick a player that had a subpar year last year that I feel 
totally confident in the fact that he is going to be really, really good this year, it would be Dak. And the reason why I say that is because I'm looking at the history of this player. You think about how he played at Mississippi State, and I think even though his numbers, and you've, we've heard his college coach and other people that evaluated him say this, his numbers may not have been as good the later he got in his career, but he was a better player. He was a yeah. better quarterback. No, he got better Since he's year. been with the Cowboys, I don't think personally, I don't think last year was necessarily about him playing as as poorly as a lot of people think. I think there were some moments he was probably not as good as he should have been. But I do think that there were some areas where I felt like he was a little bit better than he was the year before. I think this year he's coming into the year with the expectation, look, I'm going out, I'm running the offense. Where the, the offense says the ball should go is where I'm going to get it. I'm going to deliver it on time, and I'm going to expect the guy to make the catch. I think he's going to be really, really good. I completely year. agree with you, but I think those are two different conversations. I, are, I think Dak's going to bounce back in a big way. I won't be surprised if he's in the Pro Bowl, but – that's going to be playing his game, right? Leading, leading the offense, getting Zeke the ball, being a leader, minimizing the mistakes. That's all yep. great. That's what made him great year one. I'm not ready to believe that he's going to come out here and just be <laughs> put it on a, a rope, in, like just be the most, you know, Drew Brees completing not, 72% of his passes. I don't know that that's his game. I haven't seen that was, it yet. Well, that was his game in year one as far as accuracy. Like he was hitting a he, large he, clip. He, he was a 63% passer, which in is good. One? It's good, yeah. I mean, it's a little higher than that. He, uh, it couldn't have been any higher than sixty-three or sixty-four. I would. I, well, I can look at that. All right, okay. we can talk about that. But <laughs> again, Drew Brees literally completed seventy-two percent of his pass. Like the ball goes wherever he wants it to, and I, d I don't think that's Dak's game yet. That's also yeah, yet. but but that was also Drew Brees. That we're also talking about Drew Brees now. I'm talking about Drew Brees in year no, three. A hundred percent. The and point is, yeah. But I gotta yeah. see it to believe that he has made that step. I right. think he's a good quarterback. I don't know that he's the guy that the ball goes wherever he wants it to. Maybe he will be. I got to see it. But I guess that's the point that I'm making about what he's been so far, how he improves, the kind of player he is to where I think he will he will be the kind of guy that will progressively get better and yeah. better and cool. better. I keep likening his career Russell to, Wilson. to Russell Wilson. Absolutely. I think it's not the time yet where they're ready to throw it all on him. He still has the yeah. running game. That's they the best thing to. that they do. Yeah. Right. So continue to do that. But I think he's going to have moments this year when we're going to see that progression, and it's going to keep going that way so that they got year five, pound maybe they do. in the Super Bowl and give him a boatload of money and then get rid of all the talent around him and say, and okay, go. go do it by yourself. Yeah, right. Well, we're going to start that evaluation today, in today's practice, and we're going to finish this show. But before we go, Derek, what was the final answer on that poll? Final answer on the poll, we had uh, Sean Lee with 69% of the vote. People believe him more in this instance than Des Bryant at 31%. Doesn't surprise me at all. Shocking Doesn't surprise fans, me at all. I mean, to to be fair, I agree. But, like, fans are going to side with the guy that's on the team. Yep, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Their loyalty is to the cloth. It is not to the player. Every side has a truth to it. So, yep. anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Cowboys break. This was... Derek Eagleton, Nikki Min, David Hellman, Amber Garcia. See you guys next time on DallasCowboys.com radio or whatever it is. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!